It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. So I have no notes this morning. That's awesome. So isn't that a wonderful thing that when God erases or the world tries to pull the word of God out of our generation, there's a few of us that have it memorized. Right? We're coming into a season where that's going to be really important to have the word of God in your life so you can stir up from the wellspring. Have you ever been in that season where you just, you're hurting and you need somebody or something just to speak into you? And you just, have you ever had the flu? It's hard to pray for yourself when you got the flu in your arms or around the toilet, right? <laughs> but that's where the word of God, Jesus had the word. He was the word made flesh, stirred up on the inside of him. So when the enemy's greatest attack came against him, he didn't have to go say, well, wait a minute, I need to go read myself. He was the word of God. Isn't it great to know that he could say it is written every time there was an attack? So something you may not know about m me, um, I, I kind of look like Barbie, like an older version of Barbie. Um, but I am actually a, um, I'm a tomboy. I love fishing. Got any fishers in here? Yes. Come on, girl. Like, you see her hand go up? Uh, I, I like to hunt. I'm sorry for those of you who are tree huggers, but I will go get dinner for you if I have to. Uh, I, I love fishing. And, and something about fishing for me, I think it was God's sweet gift to me because what I do in the spirit and in business, I'm an evangelist. I'm a saleswoman in, the, in corporate America. But in the same way that we fish, we fish for men, right, is it's an evangelistic lifestyle that God's taken me through. Whether it's in corporate America, which I, we've been blessed. We were just adding up here while we were talking about the last time we were here was a decade ago. What a difference a decade makes. And, and in that decade, we've raised up six companies uh, in 10 years. Some of them have, we've taken to hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's amazing how God transitioned you. Every one of those companies that we were transitioned in or out of came with great travail. <laughs> uh, circumstance allowed something to be birthed in the supernatural even before we saw it in the natural. And this morning I was thinking about fishing. You know, I love fishing so much. Like really, I, if I had my druthers, I would be up here in my overalls and I'd have sunflower seeds right here and I'd be picking them out. Now I know my Arkansas friend here should be doing the same thing. But, you know, we just went uh, fishing recently. We, every year we go, we love trout fishing. Now, I love deep sea fishing. I've done some tournament fishing, won hundreds of thousands of dollars tournament fishing back in the day. And um, I know these sound like big numbers, but I just believe that God does some things to set you up for big expectations. And if we can be in the middle of the ocean, six, you know, just miles and miles away from shore and land a 300, 400 pound fish, don't you think God has the capability of bringing what you need into your presence today? That is the, that's what we're bringing today, an expectation that something good is about to happen. Look at somebody and say, something good is about to happen. And I prophesy right now that there is a divine shift in this room, a divine shift taking place in this room, that what you have known as struggle is about to become a stream of blessing. 
Let me say that again. What you've known as struggle is about to become a stream of blessing. When we, we were fishing here recently, and my, my daughter is amazing. She's the, the sweet blonde back there that's taking pictures, and she has an anointing of God on her life. She also sings, and she's holding out on y'all this morning, I'm just saying. Um, she said, Mom, I want to take pictures this morning. But she, she's our worm holder, our fish handler. She, lo- she's not, she doesn't like just sitting there and waiting for fish. But, man, when you catch them, she's going to take them off the hook, and she's going to kiss them and talk to them and love on them. Uh, so she likes the scales on her hands. My son, however, he is our one, two, three, bam expert. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but one, two, three, bam is something he's done ever since he was a little bitty boy. And he would go out fishing. His grandpa, before he passed away, taught him the five steps of a fisherman. And so Peyton was born with the gift of faith. Like nobody taught him, you, this is how you believe. He just had the gift of faith. And he would take his, now this is a little weird, so stay with me. But we gave him a lot of fishing poles to choose from. But for whatever reason, the Princess Barbie pole was his winger. And so to this day, if you looked in his big backpack, which is one of those big Oakley kitchen sinks, it's got a Barbie pole in it. It condenses down into this little, well, he, he, he got to be a real man to have that kind of security to walk amongst your men with a Barbie pole. And they've got their expensive gear and he's like, watch this. And he goes, and it's this Barbie pole. And if he doesn't catch fish more than anybody else catch fish, I believe there, we're going to talk about energy this morning of bringing and manifesting what you want to see into your present. And you know, there's scripture that backs this up and we're going to talk about it. Science has been talking about it. We talked about it yesterday, but Peyton's interesting way of life ever since he was a little boy is he'd walk up to the edge of the bank, he'd pull out his little Barbie pole, stick whatever he happens to be fishing with on it, and he'd walk up and he'd go, watch this, mommy. One, two, three, bam. And I'm not kidding. It is the weirdest thing we've ever seen but God, right? How God uses little things when you're little to set you up for bigger things in the future. It's how he hunts. It, and, and we have, now we have the one, two, bam theory. Somebody loses something in the house, we'll say, Peyton, one, two, three, bam. Can you find my, my keys or can you find my glasses? Now, we recently went fishing and, and the faith, the expectancy, we're always about getting out and going where we haven't gone before. So recently we switched up. Every year we go to Oklahoma to fish, to trout fish. This year we decided to change it up a little bit. Instead of going to a place called Marvell Camp, we were going to go to Broken Bow. And so we go up to Broken, do y'all know, anybody know Broken Bow? It's good trout fishing. So we go up to Broken Bow and we don't really know Broken Bow at all. So, you know, in fishing, one of the things that you do is you got to get to know the area. You got to find out where the fish bite and what's the levels, what's the, especially when you're stream fishing. Um, and so we're sitting there and we're catching, you know, we're catching 10, 12 fish in, in a morning. But uh, there was this guy that was out in the middle of the water and he looked like a professional. You know what I'm saying? Like he had the net behind him and he had the vest on and the waders. And I was sitting there in my cute little you know, clothes that I suntan in and shorts and my little sand. And I'm thinking, you know what? I really need to get some of that gear. 
And I need to look like that. If For nothing else, I need to get out there so Larry can take a picture of me out there like I am like that. I'm just a lucky fisher, not really a smart one, but a lucky one, that the fish get on my pole more than anybody else, except for Peyton. He's making sure I said that right. So we sat there, and I, finally we were on the last day, and I saw this man out there, and I thought to myself, you know what, i got to figure out how he's getting out there because in front of us are all these weeds and marsh. And Ladies, do you all like to walk through that stuff? Because even though I'm a fisher tomboy, I don't like walking through anything that could have slithering stuff in it. So I'm thinking, how would I get out where he's at? Like he walked all the way down this stream. So I'm thinking, and the whole time I'm saying to my husband, I really want to get out there. And, and this guy who was out there, all of a sudden, um, I said to him, I said, hey, how's the fishing out there? And you're not supposed to really talk in the morning because, you know, the, it's really quiet. But I waited till he had a few fish in his stringer. And so he said, oh, it's pretty good. He said, I've got me a hole over here. I feel a little bit more like I need to be out in the water. And so I, I, I waited and I waited and I didn't go. And I'm thinking, how would I get out there? I wonder if it's deep or, you know, would it be over my head? Like, how do I get that far into the stream? And about that time, this man that we saw way down, he shows up right beside my chair. And I'm looking at him and I said, well, how, good morning. And he said, good morning. Have y'all caught anything? I said, well, we've got about 10 on our stringer. And he said, I haven't caught a thing. I said, oh, my God, you need to go where that guy was. I said, the guy that just left that spot, there's a, there's a hole over there. He's been catching all kind of fish, but you got to get over there. Well, if he didn't just say, okay, and he just walks right out. <laughs> and, well, now I'm realizing it's possible, right? So he walks straight out there, and he gets all the way to the spot, and then he turns around and comes back. And it never got over maybe his thigh, so I'm thinking, okay, well, it's not too deep. I can go there. And, and he gets out there, and next thing you know, he turns around and comes back. And he gets beside us. He says, you know, I think I'm going to put my keys and stuff in my, in my car. And he goes, his car is parked right behind us, and drives away. And I'm like, that's what I said. Like, well, what was that about? Well, he came, and he showed me that it's possible. And so now I'm like looking at my husband going, oh, game I am so going in there. So I'm like taking stuff out of my pocket in case I go deep. So I get out there and I've got my pole. That's all I got. And I've got these really cute little flip-flops on. Not really good for stream fishing because the stream is moving. But they're cute and they're little rubbery little things. And so I get out there and if I don't land and, and I cast right where he was at and bam, I get a fish on. And it's a good size. We were catching some smaller trout, but this was a good size trout. Well, I didn't have a stringer or a net or anything with me. So I get it on and I have to walk all the way back to the shore. And it was probably about from here to that wall. So I had to walk all the way back to the shore and I'm dragging my little fish with me, right? And my husband's going, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm bringing it back for you to take off the hook. <laughs> So I come back, and I give it to him, and he takes it off, and he puts it on a stringer. Now, he's still fishing. He hasn't caught anything. So I go back in the water, and I'm going back out. I get back to the spot. I am not kidding you. I cast it maybe one minute. Bam! I got another one. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Come on, little guy. Let's go back to Daddy. 
So we walk back to Larry, and I take him another fish. And now he's still finishing up the other one. So he's got this one come off, and he gets it on the stringer. I said, I'll be right back. And so now I'm feeling good, right? Well, now he's not feeling good. Because he's, he's just working. He's my slave at this point, taking fish off and having to, you know, get his restrung. And he got his hung in these weeds. And so he's like, well, I'm coming out. Well, he didn't come out fast enough because, bam, I got me another one. So I walk it back. And now it, we're tickled pink. But this one I'm walking back. And the stream, I don't know if the current or maybe it was the Holy Spirit. But it knocked me down. I go, whoa. And I, so I fall in the water. My shoes are now hung up around my ankle. Like the leg, the little slipple thing is up around here. and But I am not going to let that fish go for nothing. So I take it back and, you know, I get all up. I'm all wet. And he's just cracking up like, oh, if I could only have my camera going right now. So I get it back to him. He takes it off. He goes, I'm coming. I said, well, okay, I'll go slow. So we get out there. And if we don't get out there, and sure enough, he, he gets out there, and like instantly he catches a fish. Well, he was smarter than me as he brought the stringer, and it's attached to his belt, right? So we're out there, and he casts out again, and he catches one. He puts it on the stringer. Well, all of a sudden, I'm there, and I decided I'm just saying the one, two, three, bam. I'm going to catch Big Walter. And so I cast out, and if I didn't get a fish that was like the biggest trout I have ever seen, and it's, you know, trout, when you're stream fishing, you can see it. When you're reeling it in and you see it moving around. Well, I get it in and I said, Larry, 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 help me, help me. Okay, okay, here, oh my goodness. And he's like, oh, this, you know, your hearts are pumping and you just know you're catching the big one. And so I bring it up and when I do, he, Larry takes the, the line to take it off. And if that little sucker doesn't get off that hook, and you know that feeling when the big one got away, I'm like, oh. And then I see it, and I'm like, oh, it's still there. I get stunned, right? And I'm like, oh, oh, honey, there it is. And so he's going down, and he's reaching for it. And he's trying to just catch it with his hands, right? And he reaches down, and I'm like, oh, it moved, it moved. So he moves down, and he, he's going down. Now, I'm not kidding. He goes for about 15 feet. And I went, oh, shoot, honey, that's your stringer you're chasing. <laughs> I just, <laughs> So we love, <laughs> we love fishing. We love expectancy. You know, the word of God says that whatsoever things are good and lovely and of a good report, think on these things. Isn't it hard to do that sometimes when you got a whole lot of funk going on? And it keeps drawing you back to your current reality. It keeps drawing you back to that place where you're like, I, I know what I want. But I'm just telling you, it just seems like circumstance after circumstance after circumstance. And God is trying to say, don't be defined by your circumstances, but be defined by your expectancy. Right? So your circumstance might be that you haven't caught a fish in a long time. Don't stop fishing. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. And when we think about that, when we think about what the Word of God was saying in Philippians, whatsoever things are good and lovely and of a good report, noteworthy of praise, think on these things. You know what it says? It says, cast down 
the vain imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Why is that? Because God, before science ever started proving it, God already knew it. Because when God, if y'all get this this morning, how many of y'all are believing for some type of miracle this morning? Okay. How many of you are believing for a financial breakthrough this morning? Go ahead. I want you to put it up like you're expecting it, right? How many of you are believing for a physical breakthrough this morning? This morning, we are going to bring what could be, what should be into what is. Are y'all ready for that? Because science has already proven that our thoughts change the molecular structure of our bodies. And therefore, it changes the molecular structure structure of the energy that our bodies produce. So 10 years ago, y'all might have seen the scientific... And isn't it funny how science, all they're doing, they're spending trillions of dollars to prove the Bible. Your taxpayer dollars, thank you very much, for what we already know. Now, this generation is saying there's no relevancy in the Bible, and yet they're going and trying to spend trillions of dollars to prove it's right. There is so much relevance in the Bible. There's so much relevance in Scripture. If it's not relevant to you, then you're not tapping in. If it's not relevant to you, then you haven't seen the dead raise up lately. You haven't seen a blind eye open up lately. You haven't seen a deaf ear open up lately. How many of you want that Jesus to show up in church every Sunday? How many of you want that presence of God? That's who we serve. But let me tell you, it's not going to be because of a pastor or a pastor's wife or a worship team that welcomes him in. All their job is to do is set the ether in the room for you to pull on the kingdom of God. God. When we look at pastors going, thank you, Jesus. You know, when we look at that science, 10 years ago, there was a research done. Y'all can look it up on BBC. You can look at just the water structure of positive thinking. And they did a test. And what they did is they took water and they, they, they ran all these electrodes through it. And they tested the molecular structure and movement of water based upon the response of human thoughts and human words. So they took the water and they spoke to it consistently, very positive thoughts like, you are beautiful, you are delightful, you're strong, you know, all good positive thoughts. And that the molecular structure of that water formed crystals that were a lot like snowflakes, if you can think of that. But they were very beautiful snowflakes, very well put together, almost almost artistic. Well, What they proved is the molecular structure of water changes based on its response to the energy that's in the room. Then they took the same type of water and they began to bash it, yell at it, scream at it, create stress around the water. And again, the molecular structure changed, but this time it became a very ugly and dark collection of those crystals. So... If it happens to be in water, can somebody tell me, what are you made of? A little bit of water? You are the majority water. So think about all the stress. Can we just talk like a family this morning? Think about the stress this house has been under. Think about all the diagnoses and finances and hurricanes and mudding out and changing out the sheep. Think about all 
the crud the enemy has sent against you, trying to change your molecular structure. But today, we're speaking a new word over your life. Because you know what? We, yes, we're, we, we don't need Jesus to die again. You know, we hear all the time, let's just, let's just pray that open heavens open up. Well, good Lord, what has he got to do again? He ripped the veil. We are sitting as close to heaven as we ever will be. We don't have to pray, oh God, I hope Jesus come back. I hope I can get to heaven soon. No, heaven is now. Say it. Say heaven is now. Say it again. Heaven is now. The presence of the living God is in this place. We don't have to beg him. Quite frankly, we don't even have to pray for him. Have you prayed at least one time for God to do a miracle in your life? That miracle you're waiting for right now, have you asked him for it? Have you? Yes, with confidence? Because we're going to go through a process. We're going to ask, and then we're going to receive this morning. Amen? Ask, and then we'll receive. What is that? We are going to now put our human bodies into the same realm where that molecular structure of whatever's going on has an opportunity to shift. And so when I know we got a word that your wife had a diagnosis, and then last night your son's arm, and all the energy of negativity has to have come against your body in a powerful way. When you came face-to-face with me this morning, and I said, I put my arms around you, and I said, it's a good day. And he said, it's tough. And I said, I get it, because that's your current reality, but that's history. That's, history is every second we're in history. Oop, now I'm in history. Oop, now I'm in history. Whoa, so I could just do this all the time and live in history. But we don't want to live in history of what the diagnosis was five seconds ago or what happened a minute ago. We want to bring in, because you will bring into your current reality that which you focus on most. This is told through this, what's what a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We could go through scripture after scripture after scripture where the word of God says, you, not God, you will be able to access his abundance and bring it into your present, Right? So yesterday we were with pastor, and y'all know he is a man of faith. He is a man of God. Standing and believing for a miracle right now. Standing and believing. But even yesterday we were talking, and it's so easy to talk about what's just happened. And we were, you know, because I wanted to get caught up, and I'm like, well, tell me about this, and tell me about this. And they're telling me, and we're sitting at, what was the name of that place? The spot? Yes, the spot, have y'all heard of that? That is heaven on earth. I'm just saying, those burgers were good. We're sitting there, and we're talking, and we're talking, and at that table, Holy Spirit said, shift from history to destiny. And I immediately said, I said, what does your new house look like? The minute he said that, because we were talking about what happened to his house, how the floodwaters came in, and then it got stinky, and the backup of the sewage, and all the things, y'all have experienced that? I'm sure you have. And the Holy Spirit said, stop talking about yesterday, talk about tomorrow. Don't we rehearse over and over and over and over again what happened? And God is saying, I want you to start rehearsing what's about to happen, what is happening, it's now. Not even, and here's the beautiful part about it. 
as strong as a woman of God or man of God might be, you need people in your life doing that. Shift the room. We're talking about the history. Let's move forward to destiny. Because if we keep talking about what he did to me and what they said about me, guess what we're doing to the molecular structure of our body? We're causing stress and decay. It's already proven scientifically that fear and heart disease are so well linked. Why? Because it's a constant rehearsing of history. But God said what? Press towards the mark of the high calling. He didn't say keep looking back. He said whatsoever. When you look back, what are you doing? You're rehearsing history. He said, behold, I do a new thing. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can go after today. You're going to be able to go to the New Testament, and you're going to read it with new eyes. You're going to have new bifocals on, and you're going to say, whoa, when I read the Scripture now, I see everything Jesus did was to get them to shift off of their history and onto their expectancy. Now, that's the first step is being able to say, how do I stop rehearsing the past? Forget the past. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is what? New. So doesn't that sound like a better deal? Well, it's just hard because, you know, I just keep remembering, you know, when we were sitting there and the water started coming, we were doing this yesterday. And I'm making you rehearse the past because I'm like all into the gory details. And then what happened? And then what happened? And then what? Oh, my goodness. And then it was up to the door. And then what happened? And Holy Spirit said to me, what are you doing? I did not send you. He knows that story. I didn't send you here to help him rehearse history. I sent you here to remind him of his destiny and what God's called him to do. And so we shifted that conversation yesterday from what's been, even from what the doctors have said is, to what's about to happen. And so next step, we're sitting at Starbucks, another heaven on earth. Thank you. We're sitting there. We're talking. And he is now tapped in. Now, I'm watching the physiology of your pastor shift from the beginning to that place. He's now on the edge of his. Y'all know when he gets into preach mode? Have y'all ever seen that? And now he's like, he's doing this on the edge of that cushy seat. And he's talking to me about the new chair that's coming that he got from the Amish. And it's coming and he's getting it ready. And, and he's leaning forward. And, and now he's, he's, got, he's got this word in on the inside of him. And he said, you know, it used to be this way. He said, but I see it right there. I see it. It's right there. And, and I'm watching him in this moment. And he says, because this is where we're going. He says, I've seen where the church has been. I've seen, he goes, in the past, I tried to do everything. He said, but we're raising up a new generation. And it's no longer coming in here and seeing how you can sit and participate. But we're going to get involved. We're going to get in the highways and the byways and we're going to start preaching in the streets and we're going to rip the walls out instead of having a church that just comes here on Sundays. We're going to get people out in the streets. And I'm telling you, vision was right coming alive on the inside of them. And I said, next step, instead of it being there, make it now. Because here's what happens. Even when we say it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, guess we're not there yet, right? We've got a now whatsoever things You've got a whatsoever now. You've got to step into that. So I want you to practice. We're going to do a little clinic here. I'm also a life coach. So y'all ready for this? This is where it gets a little weird. Close your eyes. So keep your eyes closed. So in science, they've actually taken people who have completely broken their back, 
multiple locations and paralyzed. And, and mentally, they teach them how to restructure their body through their thoughts. Same thing with people who have cancer, people who have disease. You've seen athletes who have been completely broken, and they come back and end up walking and running and regaining their life. And they're doing it through the power of thought. Well, what if we take the power of thought, which is in the Word of God, and we mix it with the supernatural dunamis, which is the supernatural power of God, to bring your what could be into what is? So I want you to think about that thing you came in here with thinking, oh, man, I just I need to get past that, that history. Now think about what you want to have happen. You got it? Put a hand up when you've got it. It usually doesn't happen instantly. It's difficult. So sometimes this might even take hours for you to really be able to see what you want. Okay? Okay? Once you get it, put your hand up. It might be running through the lilies. It might be doing a marathon. It might be seeing a report come back clear. No cancer. It might be a child who's been wayward coming running home to you, putting their arms around you. Put your hand up as soon as you've got it. Good. Get a really good picture of it. Wait just a minute. Hold on to it. Those of you whose hand is in the air, hold on to it. What you want to see happen. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a business. Don't just dream about opening the doors. Dream about all the people coming through those doors of your business. Maybe it's a bank account. Look at somehow, some way, you stepping up to that teller and there being extra commas in your bank account. I want you to see it. Whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart. It's not that scripture was talking about food and addictions and But it's true. Whatever we focus on, thoughts become things. Thoughts become. Okay, now I want you to stretch that arm up real high. Now, I want you right now, imagine your hand is up, and that is the future. On the count of three, I want you to pull that into your chest really tight like you're shortening the slack on that fishing line. And you're bringing it right into you. So it's no longer out in front of you. You're no longer wishing for it. It is in your manifested now. One, two, three. Bring it in. Okay, now hold it at your chest. Now look at me. I'm going to give you a scripture so you guys don't think I'm some new age weirdo. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is now. Faith is now the substance of things hoped for. Faith is now. Faith is not it's going to be. Faith is, is, is current. Faith is the substance. That means faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. What is evidence? In order to be evidence, it has to be where? Now. It has to be proven. It has to be experienced. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. When you read these scriptures now, you're going to realize that you have everything to do with your miracle. You're not waiting on God to move. God's waiting on you to move. God's waiting on you to get your mind out of the rest of the world. Be not conformed to the thinking, the patterns, the systems of this world, but be transformed by what? 
the renewing of your mind. So today, here's the good news. God has a plan and a purpose for you being in this room right now. Are you expecting miracles? Who has a one, two, three, bam spirit this morning? I know Peyton does. I mean, really, a one, two, three, bam spirit. You do? Who is that? Who has a one, two, three? Somebody, get ready, because I'm just going to tell you it's getting ready to open up in here. Because I'm not here just to tell you to go read your Bible this week and hope you have a really good motivational setting and go love your wife a little bit more. I am asking Father God for manifested miracles because that's what you do. I'm asking you, God, today that you do notable miracles in this place so that these people not come back here next Sunday, but come back here next Sunday with the 15 they reached on the week in, during the week. God, I thank you that we're going to break out of this mindset of this box of the church where we come and listen. God, I thank you today is about gearing them up to go and tell. They're going to go and tell and say, you should have been there Sunday. Because God shows up at our church. Miracles happen at our, we come once a week, but really, you need Jesus? Well, then let's pray right now. You need a miracle? Let's pray right now. And here's what this Sunday service is about to become. A testimony service of what you've done out the other seven days, six days of the week, and then you're going to come back on Sundays and say, let me tell you what happened this week. Instead of feeling like I bring my cares to Jesus on Sundays. Are you kidding me? Jesus already took care of your cares. You bring the lost on Sunday. You bring the people you witnessed to on Sunday. The people that you baptized in the brook on, on Thursday. You bring the people that you said, you, do you need to know Jesus? I, I don't know him. Really? Let me just do a, a clinic here. Y'all ready? Y'all know how to lead somebody to the understanding of Jesus? We're going we're to walk that through. I need a volunteer. Why are you pointing at him? Come here, Gabe. There's always three fingers pointing back at you. So, Gabe, what do you do for a living? Uh, I own my own business. Um, flooring, remodeling, custom showers. Yeah. Give me a call. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so... In that, do you love what you do? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do you come to Starbucks often? Uh, not really. So you just happen to be here. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, um, I actually am uh, somebody who's extremely passionate about their faith, and I just felt like I was supposed to come to Starbucks today and find somebody to pray for. you mind if I pray for you? Kind of weird, eh? Yeah. Well, hey, if that's, if that's what it takes for your heart to be ready... Absolutely. I'd love that. In fact, I was going to get me one, and I only had money for one, so I'll, I'll give you mine. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. So let's pray together because I really believe that I didn't come all the way down here for nothing, but I believe I came here for you. And so if you don't mind, do you mind if I put my hand on your shoulder? Is that kind of weird? Am I, are you good with this? Okay, hand on the shoulder. Uh, God, I just thank you for this day. Thank you for Starbucks. We love Starbucks. Thank you for uh, this guy, Gabe, and his business. I don't know if his business is booming, but I just feel like maybe he could use a little extra something. And uh, Gabe, do you believe in God? Oh, you do? Good. Do you believe in Jesus? You do? Even better. Okay. Well, then we're going to Man, that's really good because I was going to have to go down a whole nother path. So this is awesome. Okay. So, but the fact that you do, let's pray for your business. Can we do that? Okay. Because we see miracles all the time at my church. And, and you know, we, we get together on Sundays, but this is where we do church is like at Starbucks and on the beach and stuff. So, Father God, we just thank you for Gabe's business. 
And Lord, we do. We thank you right now that there's going to be a shift that's going to take place. And Gabe is going to come on Sunday and tell us what happened this week because I'm believing for miracles for him. I'm believing for new people to start calling him and business to come in. And God, I, I just feel like something in their family, like maybe they're praying for something that probably personal, but whatever it is, you know what it is. And I just ask that you would touch his family and let him know that you're real today. Jesus, do you have anything in your body that is hurting or you need healing for? His knees? His knees and back? Okay. Awesome. Yeah, okay, well, if you don't mind, we, I mean, if we're praying. We're, it's already weird, so may as well just go all the way. Okay, uh, Father God, I, now I do something. It's called praying in the Spirit. This might freak you out, but it's the way I talk to God. It's personal, but I'm going to do that for just a second. Is that okay? Because I like to do that because it helps me hear a little more clearly. Okay, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We're here not for our own, but Knees, be healed now in the name of Jesus. Knees, now freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every ligament, every tendon, be healed in the name of Jesus. Back, be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, Gabe, is there something that you, you know, before you came to Starbucks, something that you couldn't do that we would know if you've been healed? Or is it just comes and goes? Okay, well, why don't you do me a favor? Can you squat? Would that have ever hurt you before? No, okay, stand back up. Do uh, you want to come here? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, well, so since it's not something I can notably see, let's do this. I'm going to give you my information. If you and your wife will just stay in touch with me this week, I'd love to hear how this works out, like, you know, and also about your business. Is that okay? Okay, so I'll do an exchange. Okay. Can you all do that? Okay. Thank you, Gabe. Now, some of you, let's just get real. <laughs> some of you are like, no, I couldn't do that. That would freak me out. How many of you say that would be a little uncomfortable? Just be honest. It's okay. A little uncomfortable. Okay. That is what Sunday service is about, is helping you not be uncomfortable. This isn't church. You can't find this in the New Testament as being called church. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. You're the hands. You're the feet. You're the mouth. So we come in here to get reignited so that we can go out and believe God would use us, mere human beings, boys and girls, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what God wants you to get this morning. And let me just tell you, your pastor is already there. What was it, Mars? The mission to Mars? And we were talking about on the mission to Mars. And I just, I just love you guys so much. Let me tell you guys something. I, I prophesied to him that he's supposed to start writing books. And I've committed to him that I'm going to do what I can do to help him start get that out of his spirit. God has so much word on the inside of this man. And there's some of you that are in here. And I'm just going to sit. Let me just keep staying in this flow. We're in a nice little flow here. 
I'm speaking to some of you, you're going to step up like you've never stepped up before. Some of you have skill sets that you're getting paid for that you're not using to serve God, and therefore you're not getting the blessing out there because you're not serving in here. And when I say in here, I don't mean just these walls. I mean the body of Christ. When he says the house of the Lord, he's talking about you. And so if you don't help your brothers and your sisters when they're trying to do their work in the kingdom, then how are you expecting God to bless your kingdom? So in this setting right now, how many of you have skills? How many of you guys use Twitter? Anybody? Couple? Millennials? How many of you guys use Instagram? Okay, a few more. How many of you guys use Facebook? Okay, so even more. How many of you can tell me right now what's on your church's Facebook account? No, it's actually not. It's one. So that's important because if you're spending more time supporting the things of the world than you are supporting the kingdom, and again, I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about if you have an opportunity to like, to follow, and to support what's going on here, guess what? You've got a church here that's trying to be a voice to nations. Get involved. What did we sing? I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh, Lord. What does that mean? For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. What does that mean? It means that I'm going to put the things that matter most to God. I'm going to make them matter most to me. So if you've got skills and you've got abilities, you need to come to the body. I'm just telling you, this church is about to break out into the streets. You got way too comfortable of seats in here. Because you come in here and you sit down. Come on now, I'm just going to be Mama Stacy for a second. You sit and you listen and you're like, but where are the miracles? All right, what have you done for him lately? Janet Jackson. God wants to use you to bring the kingdom now, to bring the miracles now. God wants you today, you're going to go to Galveston, ladies, and I'm commissioning you in the name of Jesus that you go into Galveston not just to see the pretty sights. Don't we do that? But we're not of this world. Have y'all heard that? You're an alien, you better get things done and get it done fast because your ship's going to suck you up one day and you're not going to have any more time. But if you do today what you've thought about doing, stop thinking about it and make it now. Bring it into your presence. Don't think I should call somebody. I should be over there blessing somebody. I should go to, you're just shouldn't all over yourself. You need to get to a place where you're saying, now is the time. This is the place. I am the one, and God's going to use me in this moment. That's how we bring. We, it's not that we go to the right church service so that the manifested presence of God can be there. You just got to become the right vessel. And he's not looking for perfect vessels. He's just looking for yielded vessels. Somebody that he can flow through. You've had abortions? All right, let's clean it up. Let's get you on the other side of that story because I promise you, I know you go to bed at night and you can't stop thinking about it. And it works through your mind and you struggle. Somebody in here right now, I woke up. The first thing on my mind this morning was not Jesus. 
The first thing on my mind this morning was Holy Spirit gave me a picture of someone in here that's racked. You're stuck in pornography. And I'm just telling you, as your mind thinketh, if we can't get your head out of the world, we're never going to get the spirit and the flow of God flowing through you. He said, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is there anybody in here that doesn't have sin? Let's just be family here. Anybody here not messed up? Okay. So everybody look around. There's no hands but mine up. And I'm just telling you, I have jacked up, messed up, made mistakes. But God is so faithful. And God didn't intend us to live in our history. Let me tell you what happens. So I went through a young, I was country music singer, went through a young marriage and then divorce and suicidal depression. And you know what? If I let that stay back there and never told anyone about it, guess what? It still holds me down. It's like there's this chain there that I just can't tell anybody that part of me. Some of you have some nasty, nasty in your history, history. But you know what? It's only nasty if it's not redeemed. And once it's redeemed, she came and they threw her. And they threw her in front of Jesus. And she's thinking they're going to condemn me. They're going to condemn me and they're going to stone me. And she stands before him and lays at her feet. And he says, she's saying, thinking to herself, please, please don't let them kill me. Please don't let them throw rocks. And instead of Jesus condemning her, he looks at her and he says, Un momento, por favor. And he looks at her accusers and he says, You who are without sin, cast the first stone. And can you imagine her heartbeat? She knows if you've ever been hit in a football field when you know you're going to get hit, to get hit and stoned to death is a painful, painful persecution. She knows it's coming. She knows she's naked. And Jesus, one by one, they walked away. And Jesus looked at her and said, woman, where are your accusers? And she looks around and there's no one there. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Now, and this is the best part, church. He didn't say, go on your way. Good on you. You're good. We love you. Come to church on Sunday. We love you just like you are. Come back. Maybe put on some clothes. But we still love you. And that's what we've done for decades We've just loved them where they are, but God loves you too much to leave you there this morning. God loves you too much to want you to have to go every night to bed knowing that moment I've never told anybody. I didn't tell him about the abortions. I didn't tell him about the attempted suicide. I didn't tell him about the cutting. I didn't tell him about the pornography. And you know what? The devil loves it because he's got a latch right there that if he can hold you into that history, you will never go to Starbucks and lay hands on somebody. You will never feel like you have the audacity or the faith or the courage to really step out and tell someone you can be free when you know you don't sleep at night. But God this morning is saying, now go and sin no more. And what he did with her, here's the beautiful part. He gave her a story to tell. He gave her a story to tell. Her story has been read by more people than Harry Potter. 
Her story has been read by more people than Star Wars. Her story has been read. Why? Because she got up and she followed him. She didn't just get up and go her merry way. And this is the transition, church, that God is shifting. You're the first church I've spoken to in a long, long time. And when God brought me out and said, I want you to call them and serve them, I really believe you are the precipice. You're the beginning. You're the seed of what God's about to do in the kingdom of God to bring miracles into our now, to see people restored, to see people get past their history, to step into their destiny. God is going to use you right now. And you've tried to figure out, why is there so much persecution? Why is there so much setback? Why did my baby have to break his arm? Why does she have to go through chemotherapy? And I'm just telling you right now, because God is birthing a new thing. God is doing something now. And the gates of hell have been screaming because they knew that today I was going to come in here and I was going to shake you up and rattle you up so that you can't go back to work the same way. You can't go back to Starbucks. He is going to mess with your mind and say, can I use you now? 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 You're going to wake up one day and you're going to say, you know what? I got to tell somebody about that abortion because it's killing me on the inside. So now all of a sudden your scars become stars that light the way for somebody else because you turn what was a secret into a sanctuary. Oh, that was good. I need to be a rapper. You turn your scar, what was a secret into a sanctuary that people can come and you've had an abortion. Let me tell you about mine. Let me tell you what happened. And suddenly you become a pool of water. Get this. Here's the water again. A pool of water that becomes the living water that people never thirst again because you have a story. These women here are a part of something we're birthing this year called M women back in 2007. That's what, how we connected. God had us put it on the shelf for almost 10 years. But we're going to be rebirthing it this year. And it's about, our, our, our motto is, every woman has a story. And every story can change the world. But how many know, it's not just women. Every human being has a story. And every story can change the world. Why would God want you to say, yes, I'm that person that's been caught in pornography. And I want out. I so desperately want out. But you know, there are chains that are locking people to pornography. Why does God want you free? Because do you know the statistics of pornography today are so big? He needs a litmus test. He needs a story to tell. He needs a you. You are the body of Christ. And if you can get past your story, your history, it becomes his story. And now he's able to anoint you that when you see somebody who's racked in some type of oppression or depression or possession, that you can walk up to him and say, let me just tell you, he who the sun sets free. What was that song? There is freedom. He who the sun sets free is free indeed, which means now I become a conduit. The purer the vessel, the greater the flow. Say it with me. The purer the vessel, the greater the flow. 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 Everyone in here today, the purer the vessel, the greater the flow. Why does God want you this morning? 
to purify your life because I'm telling you what he's about to bring into your present are miracles, signs, and not because somebody's going to lay hands on you, because you're going to lay hands on somebody. God's going to use your life. How many of you love just to, to be able to be a part of that movement? Say, God, use me. Put your hands up in the air if that's you. Say, God, use me. God, use me. I want to see blind eyes open up. I want to see deaf ears open up. I want to see the way maker be able to make a way through me. Father God, I ask you right now with these hands extended. God, our hands extended this morning. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you today, raising your hands doesn't do it. It's not enough. Having a relationship with Jesus means you're like that woman and you get up and you follow him for the rest of your life. You don't want to go back to what you were or what you used to do because your focus is set on him. And if you're with him, guess what? You see miracles. You see blind eyes open up. You see lives restored. Father God, today as our hands are extended, everyone, that God, we say today, we want more of you. Jesus, we believe in you. We believe in you as the son of the living God. God, we believe that you are the one God, the creator of heaven and earth. But God, we want more than just a one and done salvation. We want a lifestyle of miracles. We want a lifestyle of the supernatural. And today, God, I thank you that as our hands are extended, you hear us. You hear us. And God, it doesn't matter how bad the story might have been. You have a way of redeeming everything when it's placed in your hands. And you have a way of turning what was our scars into stars that light the way for other people. You have a way of turning all of that junk that we've gone through. God, I I even, the scripture that says your sins will be passed down to your children's children's children unless the curse is broken. So there's no such thing as a, a personal sexual sin. There's no such thing as personal infidelity. There's no such thing as personal homosexuality. There's no such thing as personal pornography. What you're doing, you may not know it, but you're passing it down for generations to generations to generations. And you may not see it quickly, but it will show up eventually. God, we break that curse right now in the name of Jesus. God, I just see it in the spirit realm, a sword being drawn across this atmosphere. And God, separating any ties to the kingdom of darkness. In the name of Jesus, right now, we separate any ties in Jesus' name. We declare it to be so. Hey, this is Pastor Paul Golden. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe, rate it, and review. Also, you can help us to reach others by investing today at lifechristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you for joining us on LCC's podcast. God bless you and have a great day.